the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is. And as we head into Hour 2, it is a delight to welcome back uh, one of the great public intellectuals in the conservative movement, James Pinkerton. He writes for Breitbart, formerly of Fox News, and uh, he was um, in the Reagan and Bush 41 White Houses as uh, one of the in-house intellectuals there. Uh, Jim, welcome back to the Airways of Phoenix. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Nice to have you. Nice to have you. I uh, in my previous hour, this this was kind of an interesting thing. In my previous hour, I was addressing um, the Jim Carville interview and some of the stuff that came out about it with regard to Democrats and the neologisms they use, given the woke woke moment we're in. And it was before I read your column in Breitbart. James uh, Pinkerton is the author of a great column at Breitbart: Wokery is snobbery. How the populist right can win the new class war. And Jim, you do a great thing at the end of your piece. You light a candle rather than just curse the darkness. But can we talk about the darkness <laughs> for a second <laughs> before we light up your candle just a little bit? I'm curious if you see things this way a little bit. Um, my challenge, your challenge, a lot of conservatives challenge up until November was trying to theoretically explain the problem of socialism if it got into the administration, if it got into the White House, if it came to America again in a governing way. We were doing this theoretically as a theoretical proposition, saying this could happen with the Democratic Party, given where it is today. And I guess not enough people believed us. And now they're seeing it. I'm wondering if it's going to be easier for us to point out what this woke problem is now that it's, shall we say, being concretized or reified. I wonder if you see things that way a little bit. Well, I mean, all you have to do is, you know, open up the newspaper, listen to talk radio, and you'll you be able to quote, you know, any number of, of what they're saying. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, James Carville didn't pop off several times now. Yeah. Uh, about this subject of the danger of wokeness out of the blue. I mean, it wasn't just him waking up one day and saying, I don't like wokeness. It was him clearly fearing uh, what's happening to the Democrats. So again, there's nothing like, you know, <clears throat> you know, have, you know, as they say, being powerful, you know, proves who you are, right? You don't have to pretend to be, you don't have to behave yourself anymore. You can let yourself hang out. And Carville is clearly, you know, concerned about that for the sake of his party. And, of course, if he's concerned, then that's, frankly, our opportunity to jump on them and say, yeah, you're right. Like, even James Carville, James Carville says, you guys are, are going nuts on the, you know, transgender bathrooms and, you know, and, and so on. Uh, so it's not just the words, it's, it's, it's the deeds. And, and, you know, just the, the New York Times today, this, this afternoon, is reporting, you know, uh, Texas corporations rising up in anger against, you know, voting rights restrictions in Texas. I mean, yeah. this notion that, you know, woke capital, you know, you know, psychically headquartered in New York, New York City, but not necessarily it could be anywhere. Uh, the Silicon Valley, you know, uh, you know, even Arizona, uh, they clearly have a, a vision of the country uh, that is 
pretty much in tune with, as Carville kept saying, and you know, faculty lounges, faculty lounges. He, you know, he picked on poor old Amherst College, is a good example of a place where you know the women's studies department has gone nuts and stuff. And you know, this is this is the fight in front of us. This is you know, uh, we have to realize that they they mean business and they want to boycott. Georgia out of existence, and they want to. Then they want to do Texas, and then they're going to do Arkansas and you know Idaho and you know and any other any other state that, that gets in their crosshairs. Jim, so that raises the next question. Uh, we're talking to Jim uh, J- uh, Jim Pinkerton, uh, James Pinkerton, who's talking about Jim Carville. I just didn't want people to be confused. Jim, do you think James Carville is right? Though this is my great worry. I want him to be right. Um, I don't know if he's right. You know, in 08, in 12, in 2020, you know, all this stuff was there. Um, it just it 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 just didn't seem to matter with enough of the American populace or maybe it wasn't there enough. Maybe, you know, maybe maybe there is something to the notion that the Obama administration is conservative in respect to the Biden administration? Maybe. What do you think? Well, I, I think the, the Obama administration was cautious. Let's put it that way. Okay. And I think their, their, their true intentions started to come out, you know, late in the, the president's second term, the last couple of years. Uh, and, and look, Again, there's a political scientist. If you haven't had him on your air, you should. A, 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 a very young man. I think he might still be in graduate school named Zach Goldberg. Yeah, you were the, quoting him a lot. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, great, great. Well, he's, he's been on to this, and he can sort of prove with facts and figures that the left end of the Democratic Party took a decisive you know, jag, you know, beginning sort of around 2011 or so. And, I mean, that's sort of just... That's just demonstrable. And now, and so the, the Obama administration didn't really have a chance to really, you know, do that. And they had, they lost, they had, after the Senate election, they lost the House. And after the 14 election, they lost the Senate. So they were pretty in a weak spot. Now Biden is in. And, you know, and, and you know, I don't personally think that Joe Biden sits around thinking woke thoughts at all. But the Democratic Party does. And they've got, the majority, and they've got now their their hands on the wheel of the Justice Department and the Education Department and the the Health and Human Services Department and so on, (laughs) and they're going to be picking judges. And so, yeah, I I think things are are different. And again, are we going to win against this? Who knows? Now, it's it's extremely encouraging what happened in South Lake, Texas, uh, the town just outside of Fort Worth, where they the, the anti wokesters swept the local school board and threw the mayor out. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think there's plenty of reason to be optimistic if we organize. Uh, and that's, you know, we've, we've got to get focused on the, the fight in front of us, which is 2021 and what and 2022 and what has to happen, you know, uh, going forward. Uh, and that, frankly, is probably kind of a reorientation of a lot of what Republicans are worried about right now, where they're trying to relitigate the 20 election. Uh, you know, uh, the 20, you can make any case you want about the 20 election. What's going to matter more is 22. I agree with that. And what's kind of beneficial that you do in your column, I shouldn't say kind of beneficial, what's really beneficial that you do in your column is you kind of put these things together into a series 
uh, if you will, that creates a really toxic confluence that I don't think enough Americans have wrapped their um, wrapped their heads around. For example, you think about the slogans of wokery. You write them out. Structural racism, Black Lives Matter, mass incarceration, transgender, trans women are women, trans men are men. Defund the police, reproductive rights. All of these are more than slogans. They come with them. They bring with them. They carry with them serious transformative policies. Um, right. I mean, that. that, that right. Right. I mean, the, the yeah. fact that those words are all familiar to us, mm-hmm. but even if we're, you know, conservative, tells you how powerful they are. Because if the Washington Post and the New York Times and CNN uh, repeat them, you know, 20 times a day, uh, you know, they, they punch through. And again, we we every conservative needs to understand that those words, you know, have power because because they, as you said, they do have they're not just slogans. They have genuine policies attached to them. They're in places like Seattle and Minneapolis. They are attempting to defund the police. So, the, well, you know, the crime rate in Minnesota, Minneapolis, is up six hundred percent or something in the last year. So, you know, they, these are these are policies. These are words to policies to real world real world outcomes that every conservative needs to be on top of and be able to make the case in whatever forum he or she has available. Look, we don't want this to come to our town. Yes, that's the point. Is it highlighting or is it re-educating, Jim? In other words, uh, where do you fall on the understanding of this country being do you, do you think that this country is still um, generally a conservative country? I used to think it was. I'm no longer so sure. Yeah, I, I think it's anti woke. I okay, think it, okay. it, 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 there's no question. Look, it used to be we we made ourselves feel good by saying it's a center right country. Yep. You know, that's 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 hard to argue. That's hard to prove now. However, that that's the bad news. The good news is that the Demo- this is not the Democratic Party of Bill Clinton or even frankly the early Obama. This is now the party of the wokesters, mm-hmm. and they they've gotten themselves on a head trip, to use an old baby boomer phrase, uh, of, you know, thinking that, yes, the entire world is yearning to have, you know, uh, you know, unisex bathrooms and girls, you know, boys and girls sports and so on. And I think that's just palpably a, a, a bridge too far. I mean, I think there's a, you know, the data from, from you know, Texas is quite striking. I mean, Hispanics, you know, the working class Hispanics, you know, they rebel against it. Yes, and there's they, this great notion. To... Yes, and this great notion that uh, pe- people of color as a voting block are to are to the right of what of 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 many white many white voters. Do you do you have to run, or can I keep you one more segment? I have a hard break right now. Sure, uh, I'll keep you one more segment. That'd be great. I appreciate that. We'll be right back with more from Jim Pinkerton. His piece at um, at Breitbart is must reading. Uh, Jim writes for Breitbart. You can catch up with all his work there, formerly of Fox News and the Reagan and Bush 41 White Houses. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Delighted to have Jim Pinkerton with us. He has a great piece at Breitbart uh, titled Wokery a Snobbery, How the Populist Right Can Win the New Class War. Uh, Jim, you um, 
right before the break, were talking with me a little bit about whether we're a center-right country, whether we're not, what Republicans have to do to re-seize, really, both our culture and our politics. And you say that means standing up for law and order, standing up for the police, and um, pushing new laws as needed, such as Ron DeSantis did with his anti-rioting legislation in Florida. And as you as you advise that, you also caution that we will be called racists. Let me focus on that with you for a second, um, because that charge may may at some point have the boy who cried wolf attached to it. I don't think it's quite there yet from oversaturation and overuse. And it's an awfully hard charge to combat. It was really quite brilliant of the Democrats and the left to take it and use it so much to a fare thee well. Um, your thoughts? Well, you have to, you, 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 right, any Republican trying to be effective, you know, in Florida or Arizona or anywhere, you know, can't do anything that would lead somebody to say, hey, that's a racist statement. I mean, there's just certain words, concepts, phrases that are just sort of off, off the table and, sh- and should be. Uh, however, as DeSantis is, is proving, and he's, you know, uh, he's a brilliant governor, uh, if you simply say we're against rioting, I, uh, you know, even people of color say, well, yeah, I'm against rioting, too. And, and I mean, it's just, you, got, you keep it simple and, and, and clear and, and just, you know, it, 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 I mean, it, it, there's a famous phrase from the, you know, philosopher, Immanuel Kant, the, the actual proves the possible. Yeah. You know, and so if, if you can do it, and as people say, well, yeah, if you, if you can sign, legislate, get legislation through that says, do you want Antifa? And I'll say it's Black Lives Matter. Do you want these people running your city? Like, like do you want to be like Portland, Oregon? And I think that's, I think that's a 90-10 issue uh, across the country. And to say it's 90-10 is to say you're getting a lot and probably, frankly, a, a big majority of the white, black, brown, uh, Asian communities in America, and I think that's the way it should be. Just, do you think it'll? Ma- do you think you can do that with yeah. these cities themselves too that we're using as the analogies? Do you think we can flip places like Portland and San Francisco and Seattle, these places that have become uh, such uh, what would you call them, such dungeons really of failed society? Do you think we can flip well, those too, or just I, I, leave I, them I, as I'm the not, analogs? I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, but, 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 look, there's a phrase as Bill Sargent says the worst recruit in the platoon, well, look, you know, private Kaputnik, you can still be useful to us, mm-hmm. dot, 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 mm-hmm. as a bad example. Yeah. Like, don't be like him. And, and I mean, but he, even, so in other words, if, if San Francisco or Portland or wherever, sadly, or my hometown of Chicago chooses to, you know, uh, you know, go to hell in the handbasket, well, you know, it, uh, that's, that's federalism. <laughs> That's local control. Uh, it's tragic, and and but it, maybe it has to happen. It just has to be reminded. Look, do you want to be Detroit or do you want to be you know uh, uh, you know someplace uh, health healthy dynamic? However, I noticed just the other day that in Austin, Texas, which is a very liberal town, it's also huge. It's like a million people now. Uh, they had a referendum on can you can you be a camper, which is to say a homeless person. With a whole tent and camp and you know you know you know, you know uh, burner and so on, and they and they voted fifty-seven to forty-three no. 
again, that's, again, even you know, John O'Sullivan, the famous former editor of the National Review, used to say, you know, you're always right wing about what you know. And so all, you could be the yuppiest yuppie, uh, uh, liberal, neoliberal, whatever, in place, and you could see some homeless guy, you know, turning the sidewalk in front of your million-dollar condo into, you know, into his new residence. Uh, after a while, you get tired of it, and you want to stop. Yeah, there are these these and, these signs of hope. Uh, California in the election, I think, had the biggest story that wasn't reported in in in, in maintaining the uh, civil rights initiative, right, by such big numbers. Uh, which is basically an anti uh, anti affirmative action race conscious uh, anti uh, 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 race based uh, affirmative action uh, policy, right? California right, uh, right. Vo- it, it, voted it, it, the way you and I would have so voted. You, mm-hmm. it, it, you got to look. It's like anything. You got to you got to choose your shots carefully, and, and you know, and just yeah. You know, Yay or nay? Do you want your city overrun with homeless people and criminals? What's the vote? And I guarantee, you know, you'll win just about everywhere. And I, you know, I, a friend of mine works in Silicon Valley, and I, I, I said to him, you know, just you got to run for mayor of San Francisco on a single platform of I, I want to be your mayor, and the only thing I'll change from the incumbent mayor is no poop on the street. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you'll win. I think you, yeah, yeah, no, a campaign like that would win. You know what's interesting? It's just a, a final thought before I let you go, Jim. You've been great. Um, you will hear a lot of conservative writers or campaign types say, um, look, uh, this isn't the 80s. Um, you've got to get past Reagan. That's, you know what I'm talking about, that kind of thing. But the funny thing is when we think about this stuff, crime, police, drugs, neighborhoods that are safe, uh, appealing to the white working class, we really are kind of having to go back and dust off what, what, what the 1980s Reagan revolution was about in some respects, no? And, and, and I worked in the Reagan campaign. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only thing I'll, I'll say, and I'll just play a language please here, working class with no modification. Perfect. Right. Perfect. Low working class. If yep. you have a job, you have a stake Perfect. in not having being carjacked and not having your kids traumatized by, you know, God knows what, the schools and so on. It, working class, whether your name is John or Jose or, you know, Abdul, you have the same interest in a normal world not Perfect. run by crazy people. Perfect. That's a great way to end this, Jim. Jim, I'm sorry it's been so long since I reached out. I always enjoy talking to you. I'm going to make it a more frequent thing. Um, I hope you don't mind. That would be great. Yeah, you betcha. Thank you, Jim Pinkerton. As always, God bless you, sir. Thank you. His piece at Breitbart, very good. Wokery is snobbery, how the populist right can win the new class. And as I'm heading into break, let me put in a word for my friends at Trades. Unlimited. They're there for all your roofing needs, and they're promoting work on foam roofs right now. Not only do foam roofs help insulate from Arizona's extreme heat, they also help insulate your home from exterior noises and water leaks. I've met the team at Trades Unlimited. I've been to their warehouse. I've been to their offices. They're just great people with a great work ethic. They measure twice and cut once. They have an A-plus rating at the BBB. I can tell you I know why. Great quality, great people. Um, quality and service, that's what you get to know with Trades Unlimited. 
The hot summer sun is perfect for foam recoats. Protect your roof before the foam beneath the coating gets compromised. Don't wait until it's too late. Call my friends at Trades Unlimited at 480-483-1775 or find them online at tradesunlimited.com for all your roofing needs. Tradesunlimited.com. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. There's my friend Smitty in Scottsdale. Hey, Smitty. Hello there. How are you? This was a very nice segment with Mr. Pinkerton, but um, I, I I'm not sure I agree with of... him. I, I I'm not sure I'm yeah. I'm as optimistic okay. as he is. Okay. Well, I think the 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 issue that I have is we have a fundamentally different challenge situation and challenge going forward than we had in the past. We, it's not going to be, the day will not be won by a strong national leader like a Reagan or Trump who will extend the tent and open it up and everybody will, you know, as they whistle, everyone will come. This is a bottom-up type of movement that starts at the school boards, the counties and districts and states, maybe led by Ron DeSantis and other Republican governors, uh, but we have we've seen the opposition and and they are evil. They don't play by the rules and every wickedness you could imagine and more they will bring to the table to maintain and grow their power. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and I think the only way to beat that is at the you know, what's happening at the school board level. Um, and, and that's. That's a great issue, you know, what's happening to our kids and, and uh, education and indoctrination and are we going to go with critical race theory and look at the Republican governors stepping up to the plate to ban critical race theory. Um, the Republican governors are, are, are largely on board and we got great leadership um, b- between, you know, the Arizona AG and Texas governor and AG and Florida governor, and I kind of left out the Arizona governor because I'm not, I'm kind of lukewarm on Ducey, but I like our attorney general. Um, And I think it's got to be at that level and building this anti-wokeness movement uh, from the ground up and taking the local elections and working that into congressional elections and statewide elections. But I, I don't, I don't care who the Republican candidate is for president or who assumes the mantle, it's not going to, it's not going to be enough. Yeah. One no, guy is- uh, you and I agree on, <clears throat> on that point. Uh, certainly I have long advocated that this is much harder work than a column can, um, can express. This is much harder day to day, quotidian, rolling up your sleeves, school board work like Texas just did uh, in this Dallas. I don't know if you saw this Dallas area school oh, yeah. board. Right, right. Oh, yeah. So they, they oh, said yeah. that this is what you want. You want two new school board members voted in by huge amounts, I think 70-plus percentage points, who literally ran on one thing, and that was to get rid of critical race theory in the schools in that district. This is where the fight is. It is in our schools. 
And sure, it's the presidency and sure, it's all these other big races too. But to get back the culture, that's bottom up, I think. I think. That's it. That You, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's wrestling back the culture and really making it about the culture, our identity, you know. Well, we the all, proof of all, this, every... Smitty, a thought just occurred to me. Tell me if you agree. The proof of your point, our point maybe, the proof of it is Donald Trump. He tried to reshape the culture from the national bully pulpit. He couldn't. He could affect policy, and thank God for that. But he couldn't shape the culture the way that these two school board members in Carroll Independent School District will. I guarantee you that much. Yes, and I think, uh, by the way, this this new uh, recruiting ad for the yeah, CIA right, thing. Right. You know, we all we all had the same reaction. Um, which was, uh, of all the things she identified as, being a patriot wasn't one of them. Mm-hmm. Being an American wasn't one of them. Loving my country and wanting to serve wasn't one of them. That's right. That's right. Uh, you know, and I think that it's right there. It's not difficult. I mean, I think of the debates where... The next day, everybody said, did you notice there were no American flags on the stage? Right, 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 right. Man, a ground, a groundswell yeah. of, of, of fence. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's it. If you hit it at the, at the, the ground level uh, and you work your way up, we are at the ground level, patriots and Americans first and foremost, despite what uh, Joe Biden and the Democrats and the left want to tell us otherwise. Perfect. That's how the left did it. How did they take our schools? Not with Jimmy Carter. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. I'm Seth Erickson, Phoenix. Hi, Eric. Hey, Seth. How are you? Um, pretty good. Uh, your last caller said something that's a perfect example of why I can barely listen to talk radio anymore. And, and it used to be my life for years and years and years and years and years. Um, and, and, and I was kind of sad that you didn't call him on it. And the thing that I'm referring to is uh, referring to people that we disagree with as evil. Um, I don't agree with uh, the, the, all the whole woke stuff, the everybody's a racist, the, you know, a lot of the things that the quote unquote left is, you know, has been up to in these last several years. But I think to call them evil. How did he do it? I don't remember. Do you, do do you have a, Uh, he he said that, that they, uh, some things to the fact that they engage in every kind of evil you can imagine and even more. Okay. And, and I mean, come on, first of all, that's not how you win an argument. You're not going to make any friends that way. And second of all, it's just, I mean, to, to, to be blunt about it, I feel like it's just a stupid point of view because they're just, if I feel they're misguided and twisted and they might have a completely different view on life than I do. But I still think that 95% of them are probably just doing what they think is right. Yes, but that doesn't constitute non-evil. You would agree with me that thinking what you're doing is right doesn't make it right. You'd agree with me on that. Oh, oh, absolutely. But it's far from evil. Well, it could be. It could be. I mean, let's be the extremes here. Let's take the extreme to illustrate it, and then we'll come back to your general point. But 
you know, uh, the, any any number of dictators throughout history thought they were doing the right thing. We could call them evil, though, even though they were convinced. Sure, they were. Okay, sure. But okay. we, we, when we say dictators, we think of maybe three or four. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just when wanted to point out that the idea that you think you're doing good doesn't make it so. Right. It doesn't inoculate right. no, absolutely. you. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. Fair but, enough. But I think to, to characterize everybody that you disagree with, as evil is just is, is, you're just doing would it be backtracking since i kind of know the caller a little bit would it be backtracking or do you think i'm um evading the issue by saying i don't know that he was necessarily trying to win a debating point i think he was just trying to generally describe uh his well, view of well, of I the think, opposition I, party and he you know thinks it's wrong and a cognitive wrong is evil is it that simple or is it worse than that I think that as stewards of conservatism, uh-huh. whenever we talk in the arena of politics or even even you know social, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Any kind of social uh, interaction. Yes, we have to assume that the quote unquote left, the people that we disagree with, are listening to our every word. Mm-hmm. And it's not as if we're in a closed room talking amongst ourselves. Okay, you're not wrong about that, that Eric. I take that point. I take that point. So let me ask you a couple questions. Do you use the word evil in respect to anything public policy? Do you think communism is evil? You know what? I am uh, hesitant to say that evil actually even exists. And the only reason I think that, that I'm hesitant is because one of the smartest men in history, <laughs> uh, uh, Christopher Hitchens, who I'm sure you just adore, uh, said that he has experienced evil when he was in the Middle East. And he said he felt the presence that he could only call evil. And that's the only thing that, that makes me think evil might even be real. Uh, Is what, I'm that Christopher Hitchens called atheist it? That, what's that? Well, you, 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 would, you would agree, or would you disagree, uh, that there can be recognizable evil even for atheists well again i have not encountered evil i i don't you've studied know communism you've studied nazism because i would err on the side but eric you've studied caution. nazism you've studied my... eric 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 you've studied nazism say again you have an understanding of or have studied nazism sure you would not be comfortable calling that evil well, here, here's the thing. I err on the side of caution. I'm not saying that, that that it's not evil. I'm just saying that I err on the side of caution because everybody has a different definition of evil. And so I am hesitant to call anyone, no matter how vehemently I disagree with them or how horrible I think they are. Can I, can I argue with evil. you just a little? I, I, now I need to argue That's with you just a little bit, that. Eric. Um, <laughs> if you truly think that we conservatives need to assume that they're always listening and we need to be persuasive as best we can or at least responsible. Let me suggest that when asked about Nazism, one of the worst things to start a sentence and an answer would be, here's the thing, and I err on the side of caution. That turns an audience of moral sentiment off like no other. The idea that the, the proposition that you can't unqualifiedly call Nazism evil is bothersome to me, but beyond bothersome... I'll let well, you. I'll let I you finish. I'll let you talk. I'll let you talk. I'll let you talk. I'm on a point here. I'll let you talk. Beyond bothersome that you can't unqualifiedly call Nazism evil is, I think, a problem of our times, which is that we used to, as a society, 
know what evil was, contrary to what you said. Everyone has a different definition. And we would do it by isolating what you did say earlier, you know, the three or four historic examples that everyone could kind of agree on. And I would have certainly thought Eric Nazism would have been one of them. I have no problem saying it is unqualifiedly evil, as was the Soviet Union, as is China and Shenzhen and elsewhere today. I just don't have those and, those compunctions. And I would say that on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the most evil and 10 being the most benevolent, Nazism is a 1. But to assign a word that to some people has great meaning and to other people has no meaning. Well, uh, but it, you do it, have it, to instruct an evil. That's the thing. You do have to instruct an evil. And how do you instruct in good and evil uh, if you can't point to examples of it or evidence it? It's, it's unnecessary. I mean, why do I have to... That, because I don't want you know, someone to adopt an evil policy prescription. One of the reasons that I am so passionate, one of the reasons I am so passionate about racialization and re-racializing this country is I know where it goes historically. And well, I can sure. point to and, specific and evils. You're depriving of idea, me of those evils to point to. I'm a big fan of the idea that words have meaning. Okay, but it's, okay. It's, it's, so, so... That being said, we know exactly what racism is. We can define it. We can cite it when it occurs. All right, do it we for me. Say it. Do it. Define What's it. A, define well, it. Racism is the belief that uh, because of the someone's national origin or the color of their skin, that they are a lesser human being. Do you think that's an evil proposition? Well, again, words have meaning. Racism, you didn't let me finish my point. Okay. I know I'm, I'm okay. a little bit taller, but go ahead. Go uh, ahead. the word racism has a meaning. It is a black and white, <laughs> that's ironic, uh, is, is a black and white uh, definition that we can say, you know, this is what racism means. So in that same spirit, to say what is evil, you know, words have meaning. But a word like evil does not have a definition that's uh, uh, universal. Yeah, I think it does. And I think that one of the great qualities of the human condition was that we were able to unanimously call things like Nazism or racism evil. I am comfortable calling racism one of the great evils uh, in the world, as I would have called Nazism one of the great evils of world history. I just have no problem or compunction with it, Eric. And I got to tell you, that idea that we live in a political society where we can only describe the universe and not say what is right or wrong about it or what we want to change about it, I think is a prescription. I think it's a prescription for neutrality, which I think is what Dante said where the hottest places in hell were reserved for. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. I have a lot more to say on Eric's call, and evidently a lot of you do too, so I'll go to your calls on this. I'll just make this one last point going forward. If we are unable to ascribe notions of evil or bad, just as we would have to be unable to describe notions of good or just, um, then there's not a social movement in this country we we can be affirmative or negative about. Why would anyone join Martin Luther King Jr. in the 60s to march for civil rights if all he was doing was marching against an institution? 
Uh, no, he was marching against an evil institution. Jeff is in Phoenix. Hello, Jeff. Oops, we lost Jeff. Let me try. I don't know. Where do I go to next? Mike in Scottsdale. Hi, Mike. Are my phones screwed up? Something's wrong with my phones, Bill. Can you put Mike on? Are we frozen? We're not frozen. Mike, got him. Hi, Mike. Hi, how are you? My bad. Um, I just wanted to tell you, thank you for um, uh, uh, standing up to the last caller. Uh, Nice guy. Uh, I think he's a little misled. Uh, He's he's a little too squishy and uh, too too snowflakey, I believe. Well, it's called relativism. When you don't yes, believe in any standards between right. right and wrong, right? But I, I believe he, he, he mentioned right before he hung up, he mentioned that uh, uh, he had a de- his definition of racism was to take someone's color and use it uh, against them mm-hmm. in a bad way mm-hmm. or, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, 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 that can be racism. But I, I think that racism, one of the things, I think... The quote quote woke crowd is trying to get us away from a true definition of racism, which I think racism is using someone's color for anything. I agree. Good or bad. Yep. And, yep. And they're trying to get us away from that. It's, right. It's, it, when we have um, pigmentation it importance is what I call it. Yeah, exactly. And and that that is racism. It's when you try and. Uh, make enough people uh, that you can get into your school as uh, uh, blacks. We've got to get more blacks in the school, or we've got to get more women in the school. We've got to get more this so we can make a quota. Uh, that, that is the, the definition of racism right there. And the left does it all the time. I mean, it's constantly 24-7 racism, and they don't even, they don't even understand that they're the ones being the racist. Yeah, I um I I fully agree with you, uh, Jeff. I do think words mean something. I do think um there is um a dis uh, there is a um series of values that we can elicit from a series of facts. Uh, we will be um commemorating in September on the eleventh the twenty year anniversary of something more than just some people doing something. We will be commemorating something we used to all universally agree upon was unmitigated evil. Let's not lose that sense. We are losing it. Our job is to preserve it.